0: So a 29-year-old CEO is pushing crypto during the Super Bowl by giving away millions in Bitcoin. Uh, The FTX ad promises to give Bitcoin to four winners, equivalent to the time the ad shows in the second half. So if the ad appears at 10.09 p.m., each winner is going to get 10.09 Bitcoin. Um, Ads this year are going up to right around $7 million for a 30-second slot. Around 40% of this year's advertisers are newcomers so ftx ceo sam bankman fried has already spent heavily on sports partnerships this year including ads with tom brady he worked with mlb during the world series and uh, more recently getting the naming rights to the miami heat stadium and just in those markets alone like in houston and atlanta the two teams playing in the world series they've got a lot higher brand awareness and more signups as well as miami where the heat are located Um, the ftx hq moved from hong kong to the bahamas recently. And the CEO says the ads are just as much about courting U.S. regulators as getting customers to download the app. Uh, good quote is, we want to make sure that we're painting a healthy image of ourselves in the industry. We're optimistic that we're going to be able to grow our U.S. business. A lot of that is working with regulators on bringing new products to the market. So Sam is actually going in front of Congress today to talk about the risks and regulations about digital assets. And he was also there back in December talking about financial innovation in the crypto industry and how not to kind of stimmy it. Um, the main issue is basically crypto's meteoric, meteoric rise has raised concerns about the lack of protections for consumers, um, as well as, you know, little to no oversight on the financial risks and, you know, any recourse. Um, to add to that, there's going to be a large number of celebrities and influencers and investors hyping crypto up during the Super Bowl. Uh, like I said, about 40% of the uh, you know, commercials are going to be newcomers. I mean, Jimmy Butler is in a Binance commercial, Kyle Lowry's in a BitBuy commercial, LeBron could be in a Crypto.com commercial, Tom Brady will probably be in an FTX commercial. So, I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, Jake, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, obviously, do your own research and don't just blindly listen to celebrities, but... Yeah, you got the good caveat out of the way.
1: Um, I'm kind of pissed because it sounds like we're going to get inundated with all these crypto ads, but they're going to be these super serious branding pitches. Mm -hmm. We're not going to get any, like, no jokes, no entertaining ads. They're all going to be really fucking boring, so... Um, which I guess I get because it's uh, kind of a double standard. You know, a lot of these insurance companies get to be funny or attempt to be funny and non-serious because their underlying business gets the benefit of the doubt that they are serious businesses. So yeah, they get to joke around. Whereas crypto, a lot of people just don't take it seriously. So if you were to, you know, um, mess around and be unserious on a platform like this at the super bowl. Yeah. I mean, it's probably smart to keep it serious. Try to present a serious image to be taken seriously, but um, just from someone who's going to watch the super bowl, they're going to be really boring ads. It sounds like just, just like branding basically.
0: Uh, so, Yeah. I don't think like for 7 million for a spot, like most of these, the thing is most of these crypto companies have a lot of money to spend on advertising and marketing. Like I think us and Dylan have talked about before with their marketing budgets, but like it's just wild to think that, yeah, that was the great point you brought up. Other companies are able to do whatever they want, but since there's no real regulations and we're trying to get like the ground floor set to build in the United States crypto, They're probably going to be boring as shit. You're 100% correct. But the other thing I want to say is this year's Super Bowl is being compared to the 2000-2001 Super Bowl in terms of new companies grabbing attention. And that was, you know, right around the dot-com boom. And this is the Web3, you know, crypto introduction.
1: uh, I didn't think
0: about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, even some of
1: those were, were like... I don't know what you want to call them. Funny, because they they had what the talking sock puppet was like pets.com. I remember that one. uh, And that was not like a serious one. So uh, I don't know. Um, Because I looked it up last year. I don't think there was a single crypto ad. And now you're going to have a bunch. So um, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mind getting... What what did you say? The winner gets like 10 Bitcoin if the ad runs at 10 o'clock. So Yep,
0: so whatever time they get half a mil in Bitcoin. Yeah,
1: right. Jeez, okay, okay. Um, No, actually, one more thing before we go, because you did mention that the CEO of FTX is going to be on Capitol Hill today talking to regulators. Not his first Mm -hmm. time, probably far from the last. And I don't want to go too far down this, but this is just another case of why I think there needs to be a cabinet-level position uh, for technology. Andrew Yang talked about this when he was running for president, but you have a lot of these lawmakers that just already struggle trying to comprehend modern technology. And this is, this, I mean, you and I have a pretty good handle on modern technology, but even we struggle to wrap our minds around some of the technical aspects. So having like a chief technology officer on the president's uh, cabinet, I I just think this is another example of why we need a little more uh, tech literacy at the highest levels of government.
0: Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. It's uh, definitely needed, and I think hopefully we get there sooner. Yeah,
1: yeah. All right, well, I guess, uh, what, Super Bowl is this Sunday? So we'll see whether these ads are
0: uh, entertaining or not. I wonder, like, it's obviously you got to sign up for FTX or something to be, you know, in the drawing. Yeah, I was wondering. Well, they did say that while they obviously
1: want to sign up new users, this is really going to be a drive to establish, like, just brand awareness, so... Well, that's
0: what I mean. That's but I mean, contradictory.
1: Yeah, well, maybe they're trying to do both. We'll see. I mean, they probably have multiple ad slots, so, yeah, we'll see what... Got to weapon. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, all right, well, why don't we slide over to my um, article that I brought today? So, there's a bit of a saga that's been going on at the IRS, Uh a couple, a couple of weeks ago, a couple months ago, really, they started using this company ID.me to verify users that were trying to log in to use uh, their services. And ID.me, uh, well, I'll get into it. Their plan was that starting this summer, 2022, um, they, users with an IRS.gov account, would no longer be able to just log in with a simple username and password. Instead, they would need to provide a government identify identification document like a driver's license or a passport. And they'd also have to provide a selfie that they took of themselves. Uh, and they would have to basically send these to the identification identity verification firm ID.me to confirm their identity. So, you in order to make or view any of your tax payments, in order to access tax tax records, in order to view or create like payment plans or really anything else with the IRS, you would have to give them a government document but also send them a selfie of yourself. And this created a lot of uproar because well, I mean, people didn't want to have to use Uh, biometric data, give a picture of their face to what really was a private company. Um, One of the journalists actually tried to go through this process and they gave a driver's license, they gave a selfie, they also had to give a social security number, and they even had to give up information on their credit profile and their history. Again, not to the IRS, but to their private company who was acting as the partner to verify their identity. So this created a people were already did not like this. Uh, The privacy advocates uh, really came out in full force to say like making us use facial recognition to access our tax information. This is not cool, we don't like it. But then it came out that not only was ID.me taking the uh, government document and your picture of your face to match them up, that's called one for one verification, matching one and one. They were also taking the selfie that you would take of yourself and comparing it to their giant database of other faces, which is called one-to-many facial recognition. And they were saying that they were doing that to make sure that you weren't also a wanted criminal and that you shouldn't be accessing the IRS. So it, and they were not transparent about this. So you have a company that people already don't like being partnered with a government agency now being less than transparent about their practices in using your face, and your biometric data. So, so much of an uproar was created that the IRS and the Treasury actually said, all right, actually, you know what, fine, you don't have to use this. And actually, we're gonna get rid of this. We'll go back to the old, uh, well, they didn't say exactly what they're going to go back to. But for now, the password username system will have to suffice. But um, yeah, the public pressure worked. So when you hear about that saga, Mike i mean how how do you feel about it
0: i uh I am completely out on any type of facial recognition yeah i like i don't so first question is i d me a publicly traded company?
1: I'm not aware whether they're publicly traded
0: uh, um 'Cause if they were, I would be even more against this. Cause what like I don't like what did they sign with the IRS to be like, all right, the IRS is gonna use ID me. What do they get you said that they're running it to see if they're terrorists or on any watch list or like maybe double submitting whatever forms, but like what what I don't I just don't understand. Seems like a gratuitous reach and they got caught so now they're trying to grab their hand back quick and not make it a big deal but like if it's a publicly traded company could they not just like resell any of those any of that data that they got from the facial recognition well so they claim that they weren't
1: let me let me make sure i have this they claim that they weren't selling any of this data but their caveat was that they do share some data with select partners so you have you know uh a little built-in plausible deniability there in a very general sense, like what does some data and what do select partners mean? Yeah, uh, sounds
0: like lawyer talk.
1: Well, yeah, and it's kind of an issue that you run into all the time when you talk about how companies treat your data. There's these back doors, there's these exceptions that are made that are not clear and yeah, give them just enough leeway to find a way to keep making as much money as they want.
0: Right, and they could be very vast, uh, you know, gray areas. But what what trips me out is, like, with the Olympics going on, I don't know if anybody knows the Olympics are going on because we can barely fucking watch them. But um, they, like, China is using their facial recognition to now give, like, tickets to jaywalkers and people that mm-hmm. make hop fences and shit. So, like, I mean, obviously China is way more, like, technically... Not way more, but more technically advanced in like the public domain than we are right now. But I, would, oh, yeah. I, I hate that. Like, if we ever get there, I, I, I need to move to an island by myself.
1: <laughs> no, I'm with you. They have like they're not. I think this is another takeaway, which is that I know people don't like our government sometimes, and they get very frustrated, and there's a lot to complain about. And this is a good instance of why you should complain about your government doing something like this, but. China doesn't ask. China doesn't tell you. China just yeah. Yeah. they they're just doing it. They already have all your all the faces and they just get more and more every single day. And if you use TikTok, you might be giving up your face, just saying. But right. like this I think a good takeaway here is that look, freedom of information acts and public pressure worked. In this country, if you gain enough political power, uh, you can you can still change things. And, you know, the All this information we're able to achieve on the uh, IRS's relationship with ID.me, we're able to get because Freedom of Information Act requests are very powerful. The fact that you can demand by your right information on the government's activities, and yes, sometimes it gets redacted, but that is just an incredibly powerful tool that I just hope people don't take for granted because it does not exist everywhere
0: around the world. Right. The fact that we're able to actually ask questions and sometimes get them answered by the government. Like in China, you ask, no, I'm not going to get into this. But yes, I agree. I agree. You have a lot more rights than you than you feel like you do when you are in America.
1: Yeah. So the one thing I wanted to talk about was what you said, which is that you're out on facial recognition. And I am, too. But the thing is, then I go back like I use my Apple like my iPhone facial recognition all the time. I don't think twice about it. And obviously there's some pushback. There's some line that can't quite be crossed. Uh, This story is an example of that. Um, I guess I just wonder if it's just a matter of time or if there really is. Like I'm just trying to understand the distinction of why we feel comfortable in some areas using our face uh, and allowing companies to use it in other areas like this, like we're just totally out
0: on. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people like like exactly like you where like you know they don't really think about it because it's just the ease but it's like the more public you know what i mean like iphones everyone has that facial rec not everybody but if you have a newer phone like i don't even use my facial recognition on my iphone that's how loud i am i still use my finger um i don't know why it's one of those weird one of those weird little quirky black hat things with me but like the pros don't outweigh the cons at this moment for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the East doesn't ease my worry of what they could use it for in the future. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was always out on Siri and then I just turned it on because I have a baby in my arms half the time mm-hmm. and like I use it, but I hate myself every time I do. Cause like every time I say, Hey Siri really quietly, she's like, yeah, what do you want? I was listening. I was like, "Fuck," yeah. always listen. Well,
0: and that's, We've got four of those and I have them all unplugged because I'm fucking a weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) We don't, we don't use them in my house. I've given two to my mom, but yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm all for like privacy, privacy, but yeah, yeah, it's, it it trips me out.
1: So before we go, I wanted to mention that now the focus for a lot of these privacy advocacy groups is to turn to other federal agencies because at least 30 other states are currently partnered with ID.me Uh, and they use this private company to use this facial recognition stuff. So, um, this isn't a really done deal and there might be more, there might be less facial recognition, but when it comes to essential government services, like filing your taxes, I'm glad you don't have to use your face. That's, uh, seems like a bare minimum we can thankfully put to bed for the moment.
0: Yes, I couldn't agree more. Awesome.
1: Well, thanks for jumping on today, bud. Uh, Good to talk to you.
0: Oh, yeah. Always have
1: a good one. Yeah, you too. We'll be back tomorrow.